Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. At the end of season 2017-18, we demanded to know from you which of our big interviews you most enjoyed. And the winner is... We're on the coach and I can remember sitting there and thinking, okay, that's George Ware. <laughs> Just sort of sitting there with his headphones on. The week he left, we played Bradford at home, and Joe put George on the bench and started me, and I think George thought, when Dick was playing ahead of me, I've gone. <laughs> but what a brilliant, brilliant guy. In second place, we had... I was by Rocky Balboa. One of my best meetings, I thought, um, was with um, Dortmund before we played a game against Bayern Munich, and I spoke about Rocky for... Ivan Drago, so of course Bayern was Ivan Drago, having everything, mm. all technology, and yeah. we, are, we are Rocky Balboa, <laughs> with all these old-fashioned uh, tools and, 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 and stuff like that. And after three, four minutes, I was really on fire, <laughs> and I, was, I see I look really in dead eyes, and I said, okay, stop, who knows Rocky? <laughs> and only two players showed up. I said, okay, but you, you, we have to start again. And the bronze medal position goes to this guy. For me, David De Gea is the best because I think he has something that comes from God. God chose him in the goal and God chose Messi on the pitch. You cannot train what he did against Kun Agüero when he had the ball two metres from him and he put the hand out. You cannot train it. So he has some special abilities that I think he hasn't trained them. You just have to. Listen out for my regular World Cup show from Russia. Meantime, here's a look back at a selection of our wonderful guests talking about their experiences at World Cups. Enough from me. Over to Messrs. Butcher, Waddle, Jordan, McLeish and Collins. Gentlemen, take it away. In your playing time, and subsequently, as I said, when, when I got to know you a little bit in Casablanca, which was Glenn Hoddle's yeah. training base, from La, or training games from La Manga, before going to the World Cup in, in, in 98. You know, England has meant a lot to you, but you've, you've played with and watched legions of exceptional international footballers with England, and you've taken them as close as... OK, Mexico would be up there too to the 1966 moment with Bobby Moore because I would contend that if you beat Germany in the semi-final we, we you're going to beat Argentina yeah. it was a very poor niggly unfit 
but they, horrible they had gymnastics. a lot of men suspended and a lot of injuries as well. It, it, the final was very we, winnable. For we them. knew because Argentina had put out Italy the host the night before that we played, so we knew that we ever won, and Germany knew as well. It was the final, yeah. effectively. That game was the best. I think the probably the, one of the best games England have played in that in that game uh, in the semi final. Yeah, you know, I, I even had a back heel which came off. I couldn't believe it. I should have retired then. Well, in fact, I did. <laughs> but you were playing a five man. I mean, yeah. I. I that made a big difference, did it? The change to bring yeah. Mark right. Yeah. Technically, in football terms, yeah, it was good. What it, happened? It was good. But Bobby and Don Don Howe, I always thought about doing this. We never did, did it a lot in games prior to the World Cup, but he talked about it. We worked at it. In fact, some of the games and training matches we played with the three at the back, and obviously with the five with the wing backs, we were awful. We were poor. Yet he still went with it. And once again, like with Bobby's teams. The players knew the jobs, knew what they had to do, and they made it work. The three being you, Des Walker... I was on the left. Mark Wright. Mark Wright was a sweeper. Yep. Des Walker was the other marker. Paul Parker right back. Paul Parker right back. Stuart Pearce left Pierce wing left. Back. I mean, we had some ph- phenomenal characters in that team. And captains of teams as well. You know, at that time. You know, Lineker and Beardsley, Ed Waddle, you know, mentioned Gazza and David Platt, things like this. And they, you came through. They didn't start the competition, Gazza and Platty, but they came into it. And then by the end of the tournament were first team regulars so it was a fantastic World Cup for them but we had some great characters and some great and I say leaders in that team that were strong we lost John Barnes we lost, we lost Brian Robson yet still managed to cope and get to the semi-final what is missing because over the years I go back to 98 again undoubtedly your semi-final performance was, was, was better but the performance I think in Longs against Argentina was also very very good that's a good Argentina side. Shouldn't have lost that on penalties. Something goes wrong, well, as that's always. Sanetti, Sanetti, Sanetti. Sorry, yeah. that's right. Yeah, Simeone should have been sent off because he's come through the back of Beckham. Yeah. But somehow or other, it goes against England yet again. And there's always something, whether it's a red card or yeah. a penalty or the ball, the ball crosses the line, the referee doesn't give it. And over the years, I've seen groups of really talented footballers. Just not have something, whether it's luck or whether it's fitness or whether it's strategy or whether it's keep the ball or um, what, yeah. what, what's missing. A little bit is missing as well. I think is the mentality is that we've we become we have become now especially serial losers. We have become to quote Mourinho more than anything else. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I just think it's a mentality now that we're on the back foot, not the front foot. We expect to get beaten on penalties. We we expect to get knocked out in quarterfinals and. We expect this. I think we've now we've got to be more, far more positive. What England's lacking more than anything else, the characters, is one outstanding player that can take us through. You know, like, like I know Wales have Gareth Bale. They're not going to get to the final of the Euros. I hope they do, but they probably won't. There's one outstanding player that we need. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think of England's 66 World Cup, you know, Jeff Hurst scored in the final, but Bobby Charlton got us all the way through. Yeah. One outstanding player. Maradona's won the World Cup for, for Argentina. You know, you look at some of the, some of the players. Zidane's World Cup Zidane, final. Zidane, in for, yeah, Zidane. You know, you, you can go through World Cups, you'd say, that, that player, that player, that player. We haven't had that. We haven't got that. I know Rooney's with, with us now, and I would never write Rooney off. I think he's got a big game mentality now. And he knows his time's coming short, or he'll, he'll finish soon. So he wants to make that, imp- that final impact. But we haven't got a, a real player that can take games with a scruff of the neck and, and can say, right, boom, you know, I'm here now, this is my time, bang, bang, bang. We haven't got that. We've got a good, a good team now. England's got a good team. But it needs more if, or someone better that's going to you know, really, with, with that bit of, not so much world class, but someone with that extra little bit of talent that can, that can take us through. We haven't got that. 
what is Top of the Pops like? The, 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 the build-up, the bar, the commissioners, the, the, the director was a mm. real Hitler, wasn't he, about like standing yeah. and doing a shot up? Yeah, we, we uh, me and Glenn went on in 87 and it was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done. Mm. And that even talks about the penalty miss, Germany, finals, FA Cups, Champions League final with Marseille. Any type of football I've played can't compare to Top of the Pops. On the day, I missed the dress rehearsal because I was doing an interview somewhere else in London. Then I arrived, I had one rehearsal, and then basically that was it, went on. I always remember that, I remember it really well. And my Gary Davis was the guy introducing it. He was stood on some scaffolding above her, high up, and the cameras looked at us, and it was zoomed to him. And he went, introducing now at number 11, two guys who were known in the football, or cut it in the music business, it could be the new Wham! <laughs> We just looked at him if they think, are you real or what? Anyway, then we did it, and then at the finish, the Sunday papers, that was a Thursday, the Sunday papers had a field day called with a new spam, everything they wanted. But to us, it was a nerve-wracking, and I always remember I was on Terence Trent Derby, oh, yeah. five-star. They were all very complimentary, come up junior, I was on with Kim Wilde at the duet they did, and uh, they all come up and said, listen, hey, good on you, it sounds all right, and, you know, fair play, it's good, you know, wish you well. Uh, we were like, are they taking the mic? Or are they being serious? They were fine, you know. Anyway, and the only bloke we basically hammered with, who was on that night, was um, Smith Morrison. Oh, did he? He's like, he was like, rubbish shouldn't be here. <laughs> he's a footballer. Cheers, mate. Yeah, we were like, well, yeah, fair enough. Well, I don't understand where he's coming from. You know, everybody was going, all right, how are you? And he was like, so, you know, um, we were never going to be every cup of tea. I mean, how it all happened, that was just chance of... Sitting there having a few beers, getting up like a carry. It was a group who got up, me and Glenn up, sang up at this presentation night. And my mate said, Oh, it sounded all right. That. I've got a bloke in the music business. Next thing we're in a house, next we're in a studio, next thing it's it's cut. But it's singing is, is fantastic. Isn't it? The I actual act of singing is oh, makes I, you I, happy, I, doesn't it? Gives oh, you endorphins. Yeah. Well, I've been in music, Glenn likes his music. I know Glenn like the, you know, big fan of the Eagles and too. Mm-hmm. I would tell it, I like the Eagles, but they want my cup of tea as no. such. You know, I, I can listen to the Eagles, I was wrong, but. Um, he liked his music, I liked my music, and, uh, and it was one of them, as it started prog- progressing down the line, we thought, I thought, you know what, I'm not bothered if people take the mic out, but I just thought, exactly. I, love, I love music, and whether it's a flop, whether it's a hit, whether, whatever it is, it's a chance when you get older, you look back and think, I could have, I could have made a, mu- a single or a whatever it was, uh, we could have done that, and I thought, you know what, it's worth doing, and it, people still talk about it today, right, it was 1987 that. And people still talk. Wherever I go in the country, somebody will shout some question. And nine times out of ten, the question is, you're not singing Diamond Lights today, are you? 1987, that people still remember that record, which is unbelievable when I look back. You had another big hit, World in Motion. Mm. But the, why weren't you in the video? We weren't back no, no, I was in it. France. So they wouldn't let you come to film it? No. What happened with that was, they, I came from France and won the hotel at Burnham Beaches and... They came in and they said, we're doing a World Cup song. And everybody went, oh, not another one. That type of thing. And then they said, um, we're looking for some volunteers. New Order's doing it. So me, Gaza, Peter Beardsley, Steve McMahon, John Barnes. I think it was five work. Went, yeah, we'll come. So it wasn't far where we were cutting it. And we got in the car and we, we drove down to this. It was like a house with a studio in it. And uh, Lars was there. He was uh, Keith Allen, the actor. And he was brilliant. He was like there and he got to go and got a few beers. And all we had to basically shout was, England. Barnsley obviously did the rap bit, but all, also, all I wanted us for was just to keep going, England. So we thought, yeah, well, it's a day out. Get away from the hotel. A few beers. 
We had, we had a great laugh, great doing it. To be fair, when you drove away and we went back, we thought nothing of it. We thought, yeah, it was a good day, that. And obviously, listen, depending how the team do, depending how the record did. And because we started going through the tournament, all of a sudden people think, quarterfinals, mm. semifinals. The song got played more, people were buying it more. The video, it was basically, was an after event, which what they said was, we're going to use footage of England playing. But the actual video of, you know, the jumping around bit, I wasn't there. And all they said was, look, you know, see how it goes. And I always remember when we got back from the World Cup and I went, I had no year more say. And when I came home, about a year later, more, whatever, I think it was my first season here. It's Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. And then got a knock on the door and bloke gave us this big parcel. And I thought, what's that? He went, I don't know, delivery thing. So I opened it up and it was a, a gold disc. <laughs> because you sing on it, you're entitled to the gold disc. Even though you're only showing England, you got a gold disc. So you thought, I didn't get my diamond lights, but at least I got one eventually for, um, for with the England song. Now, if your if your chip, if your lob against Bodo mm. Eldner had gone in, you'd have been able to go back to Marseille and take the, the Mickey out of yeah. the geyser. When you went back to Marseille and you found that the bugger who'd knocked you out of the semi-final of the World Cup was the, no, was France a bit France back a bit mean about. He was a top guy. After the semis, even on the pitch, you know, he didn't go celebrating with the German. He came around all nice. and, and he was like, look, Class. you know. Listen, he was good as he won it. He knew it was, there was nothing between them. Yeah. And we basically knew whoever won that would win it. Yeah. And that was the game. That was the final, really, because you, you basically knew. We watched Argentina. Yeah, they had some talented players, but they were more of a clogging side, more of a physical side, not Argentina, which we picture. So we thought, yeah, it would be a grain, but you'd fancy your chances against them. We knew Germany, when we watched it at home and going on, Germany were the best team we'd saw. But they were also complimentary of us. And listen, Germany England will always be a good game. After the game, Franz Bett and Matthias plays like, well, fantastic. No one else, we would have run off to the crowds and gone mad and like, you know, they were, the German squad were brilliant. Class, eh? Yeah, they were very good. And, and it was funny, when I got back, uh, I had a few weeks in Newcastle, a couple of weeks. And I obviously went back to Marseille to start the pre-season. I was a bit behind because of the tournament. And uh, walked in the change room and he'd been appointed <laughs> manager of Marseille. So when I got back, I read it, and obviously I knew, I thought, oh, God. Anyway, walked in the change room, and uh, he turned around, and he went, ah, Chris. I went, uh, hello, Franz. He went, my favourite English footballer. <laughs> and that's why he, he just said that. Nice. Like that. And I just thought, yeah, yeah, nice. you know, brilliant. And uh, But he was a really nice guy. He let you know about the football, if you weren't doing it, whether whoever you were, he'd uh, if you weren't doing enough or doing what he wanted, then he'd hit you with it. Uh, but as a guy, fantastic. 
the World Cup qualification at Hamden Park takes some beating. Because the crowd as well, you know, Scotland had a great record there in that era, uh, playing at Hamden Park. And we, we did qualify a, a number of times. And um, I think that the previous one in 74, because of the break from doing it before, but also like I've, I've touched on, Billy and, uh, and Dennis, they were the ones, that was the barometer really of looking at them, what it meant to Scotland, you know, the supporter, the journalist, the staff, the players, uh, the ex-players, everybody involved with Scottish football. They them too, and, and I'm sure there's other examples, but what it meant, because they hadn't done it. You're climbing up the ladder to play at the top, and the top's playing in a World Cup. You're playing against the best, and like Billy, who is a good example of Billy was a great player and, and a great guy, a great captain, but he wanted to play against the best. Billy he wasn't arrogant, but Billy knew he was a, a good player. And Billy wanted to prove, not to go out and showboat, he wanted to go and tackle and pass and score goals against the best. Like I mentioned Cruyff and that. That's what Billy wanted to do. He wanted to compete against, you know... Jairzinho, all these players, they wanted to, they wanted to do that. Do you know what? He was made for the Champions League, where whatever you do or don't like about the comparison to the European Cup and the Champions League, if you have a good career, if you're a talented footballer like he was, like you are, you'll play against all the greats of the world over and over again during a six, seven-year period. Mm. And as an appreciator of football, that's one of the things I adore about the Champions League. For its flaws or its bonuses... That would have given him that opportunity five or six times a season, yeah. every season in Europe, had <laughs> yeah. that competition existed then. Obviously, it, it didn't. So that is what players like that, real top-drawer players, Dennis Law, world-class, Billy, world-class, that's what they wanted to do because that was the level that they wanted to play at and to show that I'm equal or better. They wanted to do that, and they had been unfortunate that it hadn't happened to them. So they had they'd qualified for the Munich 74. And so me, um, I'm looking at all this going on, and I'm just like coming into the game at that level and, and see what it meant to them, then you, you realise. Of the, I think only um, three players in history have scored in four World Cups, one of whom is Pelé. You scored in three World Cups. Which of the experiences would be, if we always just about didn't get through, which of the three experiences would have been your favourite? Well, oh, it's a tricky one to say because um, you don't want it uh, sound as if you're, you're being um, blasé about it. You take a World Cup and it's on, on right, even Argentina where things didn't go well, what an experience that was. What a learning curve that was. In Spain as well, I played my last game for Scotland in Spain against Russia, my last game. And I had a wee feeling on that as well. I was maybe 31 or something like that. Anyway, but I think going to a World Cup for the first time, I'm going to a World Cup for the first time, and I keep mentioning because he's my teammate, but Billy Bremner is going to a World Cup. That was fantastic. And I do, like I say, Billy, I do remember 
because it was all new to me, I, I remember the number of, of journalists that would come to like training sessions constantly every day. And I remember Billy trying to look after me with all these journalists, you know, because I was, I was a kid and I'm going to a World Cup. And that was part of his car. But so Billy, Billy was he was like that, you know, he wouldn't let anybody take I mean, just watch watch out for a kid who might say things too openly yeah, or it, honestly. Yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't want people to take advantage or, or stitch you up or whatever you want to put it across. Billy would be there. Not I mean, I, I, I am a bit savvy, but even in those days, but Billy was extra cautious, you know. So that that was one one role. But it was all new to them as well. The the seventy four World Cup was a an un- unbelievable eye-opener. The unfortunate thing is that I wouldn't say we underperformed because I don't think we did. I think maybe in the other World Cups, I think maybe we did or didn't achieve what we should have done. But in 74, we were really unlucky. It was goal difference. We played Zaire in the first game, win it, maybe should have won it by more. And I think if the game, well, I know, if the game had been played last, then they would have approached that differently. We won 2 nothing, and we kept the ball. Does the Heat play a factor? No, I don't think so. I think the fact that you're winning 2 nothing and the game is dead. You've, you've, you've won the game, you're in a tournament, you've got two other games to come in that group. So you just I, conserve a wee yeah, bit of... I think you keep, you know, you're trying to be, not, not clever, but you're trying to analyse the structure of progressing through and uh, as it turned out, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a good tactic. But who, who's to know in hindsight, you know? So we, we didn't. They're off putting as well because when you have a free kick, one of their players breaks from the wall and runs away. Yeah, <laughs> kicks yeah. the ball away famously, yeah, doesn't he? You don't know what's going to come next, then, do you? <laughs> Not really. No, no. It, it was it was great, and we played. It's cruel then the next one because it's meant a, lo- a lot to Billy to finally make a World Cup. Yeah, it's Brazil. Yeah, the world, world champions. champions. Speaking as a proud fan, I thought we played them off the pitch. Yeah, we, we, we played you, really well. Sorry, I thought you played them off the pitch. Uh, no, and we should have won. We should have won. And, yeah. and Billy just has a wee moment of bad luck with either the ball doesn't quite come to him, or he's taking a stride too much. Or, or I just I don't think he gets his feet sorted yeah, out. Yeah, uh, I think I had a header come down. Uh, there's a rebound that comes back to him, and he's no more than a yard. It was a it was a great chance, but unfortunately, because the performance was good enough to to win the game, which would have set us up to get through. Mm-hmm. It, it was a real disappointment. Um, my, my first experience as well is is going away for a long period of time. I think we played in Belgium and in Norway, and then eventually going to Munich. Frankfurt, Frankfurt and Dortmund. It was, it, it was, it was in you know those players, that group of players, real, real good players, good team. It was a good team, and um, we should have done better. Undefeated out by goals, Argentina, mad for various different reasons. One of the funniest, saddest stories because Ali McLeod by that stage had managed Aberdeen, so his boy had been at school. We'd loved Ali because he was eccentric. He brought us a trophy, and. The SFA hadn't deemed it important to study Peru properly and Peru could really play. Peru could really, really play. I'm not sure what happens in Iran, but thanks to you and your knockdown and Kenny's goal and Archie's performance against Holland, we're, I think we're about a goal off going through. Yeah, we're a goal away, goal and, away from... And Ali McLeod admits that 
Johnny Rep picks the ball up. He shouts mm. at him, typical at Adam McLeod. I go and shoot and, and yeah, he does. Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, it's <laughs> Ali who told it, I know. Is it? I've, I've heard him tell it. He, he was Please. in the dugout going, I go on and shoot, which is typical at Ali. And mm. Johnny Rep bursts the net from 700 metres away. No, well, you, you, you've covered uh, the emotions of it. Um, it was it was a crazy a crazy uh, build up to the World Cup. You know, Hamden Park. I think it was about fifty, sixty thousand people came to watch us go around and say cheerio, and then go down to Presswick and all the people on the flyovers. That was a sort of um, belief that the people of Scotland we had of winning the World Cup and at that point there had been no uh, European nation had gone to South America and won it. We were supposed to be favourites to do it. It was a, a little bit a bit heavy that, you know. But, but we went there and um, Peru had a good team. When we took the lead and, and uh, Kubilis got them back into the game, e- even, as you say, we're looking at, at, at Peru and I don't think that we underestimated them. Where we didn't prepare, probably, I don't know. Uh, were we good enough to beat them? Yeah, we were good enough to beat them. I, I think even then, I, I do remember myself having a couple of chances that were saved. Uh, not that I, I don't think there were things that I'd look back on and say, well, that was a Mr. Sitter there. I, I, but there was chances. We came out of that game and I think we, our confidence took a bit of a, a kick in that day. And going into the Iran game was a, a strange game. It was it, for a World Cup. It was, it was flat. It was such that we'd been knocked knocked out by Peru. You know, we, we were going there to win a, a World Cup, and this team Peru had knocked us. And I, I think it hit everybody for six. You know, and the, the games come quickly, and we, we did get a point from it, uh, and it kept us in touch and distance of getting through, but. The Peru, Iran and um, the Holland games, the Iran game was the one that we made the mistake. Drawn against Iran was a killer. That, that was, I know. It was just attitude or, or it was a no, it was lack attitude. of confidence. Yeah, lack of confidence. Just that it, gut, it, gut blow. That it, was a, it was, it was a, a blow. It, it was just, it was a shock, you know, to be put in a position uh, from being on such a high, then... All anyone ever spoke about or heard about was that Scotland were coming home. There's two games to go. Mm. And it was over. People got to remember the, the World Cup in 74 and the World Cup in 78. Scotland were in the limelight. There's nobody else there. There's no England. There's no Northern Ireland. There's no Wales. There's no ERA. There's nobody there except Scotland. That's in 74 and 78. We're the only team that's qualified. So the focus, the spotlight is on Scotland all the time. Whatever, whatever's done off the pitch on whatever. So that's why there was a lot of pressure. I'm not saying the pressure, it certainly wasn't the pressure, but it was the expectation and what had happened there in that first game, this shouldn't be happening. But it, it did happen and I think the reaction to that was such that that went against us, you know. And there's the, there's the huge travel. I'm, I'm led to believe that the training camp wasn't a lot of fun... Some people burst out of it. There was the Willie Johnson thing. It must have felt at a certain stage that kind of... What the hell, how many mirrors have we broken here? Yeah, well, I think um, we were... Uh, Alta Gracia. 
Arta Gracia was the, the training and it was, it, was, it was a bit far out. It was too far out. It was out in the prairies, so to speak. Lovely little village. Nothing really went right. And nobody like, broke out of the, um, the, uh, the training complex, let's call it, or the hotel or whatever. You know. Someone jumped over the fence. <laughs> but you know, there was a gate. But the gate was, you go there and they never wanted to go there, so they just jumped the fence. So they jumped the fence. These two guys jumped the fence. There was a security guy with a gun, you know, in the bush with a gun. So I, so I had to take them back. <laughs> and get, put them in the, and you've got to come out this way. All right, I'll come out this way. So they, you had to clock in, clock out. But it was just uh, one unfortunate thing after the other. But the, the, the main thing is, is, is playing the game, you know. Play the game. I mean, Cruyff never went, did he? And, no, he didn't, no. He didn't go, and there's numerous stories, but, and uh, one was kidnapping. Yeah. And that's why the security guys were there, the Alta Gracia, but Cruyff never went because his, his family, I think, had... They were fears. managed, yeah, yeah, that's right. You can, you can understand them for doing that. So it was a different time, but I, I, I just think the Iran game was... The, I look back on it, and you beat Iran, and you can win it. You know, you, can, you, you get through so we end up with Drew Iran, which was a poor result. In my World Cup experience, I haven't lost many games in the World Cups I went to, but that was like losing a game. That's uh, the low. Yeah. Because Holland are still a good side with it, Cruyff. They've, they got the final, and then there's a stage where Scotland are 3-1 up and pushing for the fourth. 3-1 up, and, goal to score. You play your part. We're in top early. We played well. We deserved to win the game. There, well, as it, as it was, they went all the way to the final. Could have won it, but um, when you get in those circumstances, you got you got to get the breaks. You need a, a, a slice of luck. We had done well in the game, but instead of three-one up, was to score a goal. It was three-one up, and they scored a goal. So you're back to having to score two more goals. You're giving yourself too much to do, and that's why I look back on the Iran game. The Iran game was. Because in the Iran game, I can't, can't look back and say we deserved any more. I've, I've given you a few hard luck stories there about, about Scotland and, and, and Leeds and European Cup finals and that. That, that. That's my feelings, that's the truth. That's the way that we, are. we, should, we should have beat Bayern Munich in, in AC Milan in those, in those cups. But against Iran, I can't look back on it and think, no, nah, we were unlucky. I, I just, it was a, a game where we... we we didn't impose ourselves, we didn't make the chances, and um, what we deserved was a draw. That was one I reflect on, and it was, it was poor. Socrates, uh, um, <laughs> a big rival on and off the pitch. Well, Socrates was, was unbelievable. He just a giant, a Adonis of a guy, you know, the six foot four or something, but a majestic footballer, even the way he walked down the street was brilliant. And, and, and after we, we played them and uh, we got doing in Seville the 4-1 four, four game, David Neri goal and after the game Gordon Strachan and John Robertson were in the drugs testing and I, I don't know what it is about Scots but we can't seem to do a piss after, after a game and it takes about 40 gallons of water and the bus has to go and you have to go in a car and catch up with them. I remember we left Hamden a few times and we, we, when we won the cup up to Glen Eagles we, we would um, have to leave the other players behind because they were taking so long to do a piss. But God, so Gordon and John Robertson are there and he says, 
look, we can't do a piss, so we're, we're ages in there, we're drinking water, and, and uh, we're trying to discuss how, why the Brazilians are better than us, you know. Gordon says, I'm sitting there with my, my wee white skin, you know, and I'm, I'm hiding my nipples and stuff, and, and Robbo's Rob saying, well, maybe it's because we like a baby, and, uh, you know, and, and I like a smoke now and again, you know, and Gordon says, Aye, but, you know, it's just the way these guys are made, their bodies, their rhythm. He says, it's that. He says, but I guess you're right, Rob, there is a bit of that as well. And just that, uh, so- Socrates walks in. God, am I losing this here? I'm, can you hear me all right? Socrates walks in with his wee speedos on. You know, big, long legs, beautiful athlete, with curly hair, and he had a fag in his own. <laughs> He had a fag in his horn and, and two bottles of beer and two fingers. <laughs> he gives it that. Guzzles <laughs> a <of> beer. <laughs> Finished, no problem. Gordon and Rob were like that. Fucking hell. <laughs> and Socrates... Socrates says to the two of them, you play a good game, goodbye. <laughs> now I, I wouldn't be allowed home uh, by Mrs H if I didn't ask you why, why did you wink at the camera so everybody asks me that question and I'll tell you the story Sorry. Um, my daughters my wife was at the game my father was at the game my two girls young two four year olds were with granny um, and I promised them watch dad in the telly <laughs> and I'll give you a nice big wink on the television, so that's who the wink was for, but the did, two girls. But did you have any idea about what might be happening in the sort of football female population of what seems like the fucking world? No, uh, at the, the next day everybody was saying, well, who are you winking to, what were you winking for? Looked like you were showing off and trying to be cool. That's not what people say to me. Uh, I, 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 my mum, mum, <laughs> who's 79, oh, he's so good looking. Uh, it's John Collins' sex trust, symbol. Trust me, it wasn't to the ladies, it was to my two little princesses <laughs> who were sitting with their granny. Ah, lucky, 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 lucky girls. Was, was Scotland a good adventure for you? I, I think it must be, there must be some regrets because you were part of our last good group and maybe a qualification from a group stage was, was within our grasp. Yeah. No? Yeah, I think 98, we were, we were disappointed not to qualify. We, when, we, when the group was drawn... Uh, Morocco, Norway and Brazil, we felt we could get that second place. Mm. Um, and I still think we should have. I think we had, the, we had the players to get it. What went wrong? I think, again, Norway we should have won. We were the better team against Norway, 1-1. Um, Brazil, we were never expected to beat them, but we put up a great show. And there was nothing left and in the game. And there was not a lot in it. Um, we gave a really good account of ourselves. In the last game... We had to go for it. Morocco, we needed a win in the last game. Did the red carpet condition things a bit? What time was it? You tell me. I'd say it was at 1-0, I think. Yeah. I, you know, I, I haven't looked back in the game. I'm not one for looking back and really? analysing defeats and, and bad moments. Probably probably should have, and you'll probably learn from your, your defeats more than you do from your victories. Um, but my recollection of the game was we were pushing. They scored the goal. We were pushing, pushing for an equaliser. They counter-attacked it as again. And again, 2-0, we had to go for it. And again, they broke. Um, but 
there was regrets we never qualified bitter disappointment um, but when you look back now uh, we'd love to be in that position now wouldn't we getting to tournaments and being part of the main event the Tartan Army um, no matter what anybody says the Tartan Army bright up, brighten up the World Cups and there's a big champions. smile on your face now as you say it and uh, it's, it's, it's true, true isn't it? because my, my greatest memory of Scotland is going to the Stade de France sitting on the bus from the hotel to the stadium drive, it was a long way and just seeing Scotland fans at the side of the roads all the way nearly scarves and then you get closer to the stadium and it just the numbers build up and the yellow strip the Brazilians singing and dancing with the Scottish fans bagpipes I think wow I mean hmm. it was it was memorable and then going obviously the stadium and lining up before the game playing against the mighty Brazil Ronaldo and who else was there? Rivaldo, mm. Roberto Carlos, Cafu. Beto. So there was a lot of quality in that team. But, you know, we were organised, we were disciplined under Craig, mm. uh, and we were hard to beat. Mm. Um, but we never played with fear, and I think that was one of the things. We just went, we, we, we had a go. Look, character in your group, I think. Yeah, I think when you look back now with Tom Boyd and Barley, Henry, um, myself and Lambo, middle of the park, we were comfortable on the ball. Um, Darren Jackson played, Gordon, was Gordon Jury playing? We'd have been about that time. Uh, we, we, had, we had good legs at the top of the pitch as well. Mm. I mean, Kevin Gallagher, sharp, chased everything. So we gave it everything. Um, and it'd be nice if in the future we get back. I really hope you're enjoying these World Cup shows. We've got huge plans for next season, but we do need your help to make them happen. Go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, a member, to join us, to support us. You'll get an extra big interview every month, plus lots of other bonus content. Last season, our members got nine exclusive big interviews, including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, and Roberto Di Matteo. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Do it now, please. <laughs>